Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mount Olympus. I am Hercules Invictus. In Greek mythology, the Peloponnesian region of Arcadia represented the unspoiled wilderness and nature's untamed splendor. This association has been reinforced since antiquity. It was strengthened through centuries of Western art literature and persists well into the present as our idea of a pristine terrestrial paradise. Arcadia was dedicated to the Olympian Artemis and teemed with wildlife. It was also home to all matter of nature spirits, demi-humans, and fabulous beasts. The actual Arcadia has long since been subdued by climate changes and organized human endeavor. Though it still contains pockets of wilderness, it currently boasts a busy motorway, a coal mine, a thermoelectric power station, and miles of potato farms. In honor of the Arcadian ideal, the paradise lost, my nature quest will focus on preserving our planet's natural beauty and rich biodiversity in places where it still exists. I welcome you to Age of Heroes, the Arcadia Project, and its host for tonight, Julie O'Connor. Greetings and welcome, Julie. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing great. It's it's been a very long week. Uh, yeah, one week ago uh, was uh, felt very different <laughs> tonight. Oh. That is true. Um, I just want to check if if my colleague Lori Perla is she's on. She's I, on. Yes, I number. am. Hey, Lori. So I'm going to introduce Hi. you. Um, to Lori. Lori Perla is the regional director for the League of Humane Voters of New Jersey, and she is nice enough to uh, join us tonight. And she has some very important legislation about animals in the awesome. state of New Jersey to talk about. So I'm going to let her talk first. So okay. Well, th- thank you very much, and thank you for taking my call tonight. So uh, what I wanted to talk to you about tonight was something, uh, a very cruel practice that's taking place in our society today called trunk fighting. Uh, This underground, it's an underground, very barbaric practice known as trunking, commonly known as trunking. So what is trunking? So basically um, you have people that take two or more dogs, throw them, lock them in the trunk of a car, and they force them to fight until the Ooh. death. So I, I know that's that's the reaction I get from most people when I explain what it is. 
because it's um, you know it's not it's not widespread out there known widespread. So usually these uh, dog fights take place um, in someone's backyard, in someone's basement. Some of them can be quite organized, like we saw with Michael Vick, where they actually have dog rings and they have referees, and you know it, it, as I said, they can be quite organized. Uh, they can be in someone's backyard, in someone's basement. But this this takes it to a whole nother level. Um, these fights are quite different. They need to be, they want to be on the go now. So instead of police being able to um, locate where they're uh, doing this fighting in someone's basement or backyard, now they throw them in the trunk of a car so that the police, this is all to evade the police. So what they do is they lock them in the trunk, they blast the, uh, the music. They drive around until they don't hear any fighting. Once, they, um, once the fighting stops and they're silent, they get out. They open up the car. I'm sorry, they open up the trunk. And, um, you know, they take out the, either the severely injured dog or the dead dog, throw them by the side of the uh, road, and then that Ooh. dog that survived has to now fight another dog. Um, this... I mean, I think we can all agree is not only sick but cruel and it just on every level. Um, and it's taking place, and we don't even realize it. And, and I'm very excited that, you, that I was able to call in tonight and talk about this to bring uh, attention to it so that, um, you know, law enforcement is – Hello? Hello. Hi. I thought I lost you. I'm sorry. So okay. – um, it's very difficult for law enforcement to track this down. And, you know, as they say, if you see something, say something. So if this is brought to the attention of the public, then maybe when they, they see, you know, these young people or, you know, any age people riding around and they have the, the music blasting and, you know, they look a little suspicious, maybe they'll say, oh, maybe this is going on. Let me alert the police. So, um, that's that's one aspect of it. Also, what we uh, there was a bill that was introduced um, in 2013 by uh, Senator Kane. He introduced a bill to um, have this uh, trunk fighting, this uh, trunking, be uh, considered a criminal offense in the third degree. So, as I said, it's been around since 2013. Senator Kane's committee, uh, we worked on getting it heard in the committee, and it was passed unanimously out of that committee. Now it went into the Senate, into the Budget and Appropriations Committee. So we're working on that to try and get it uh, heard and voted on in that committee. It's also been introduced uh, in the Assembly by Assemblyman Dancer in the Agricultural Committee. So we're working with that to see if that if it can be heard in that committee with um, Assemblyman Hotelling uh, to you know uh, introduce this bill and have it heard and um, you know vote on it. So that's that's where we, we stand right now with this. But it's just it's a horrific um, practice that's going on today, and we really want to bring attention to it to the public um, and get this bill passed. Wow, that is well. Uh, I I, wa- I wanted to jump in because I I wanted to say the sure. thing about about Lori is she 
is very focused with this being, you know, it's a priority as the League of Humane Voters in New Jersey. And she is quite, quite good at, you know, communicating with the legislators and explaining to them how, you know, all of these, you know, animal rights issues connect with human rights, right? Because didn't you find that a lot of times, Lori, that the same perpetrators of this also have other crimes, right? Well, they have other, absolutely, they have other issues. Um, They can be uh, abusers um, to people, to children. They also, if they have been stopped with this, um, you know, possible trunk fighting uh, going on, they also a lot of times find drugs in the in the vehicle. They find weapons in the vehicle. So there's there's things going on there. It's not just isolated to this. As cruel and as horrific as this is, it's not just this. There are other crimes that they're uh, committing at you know at the same time. And I got to tell you that you know Lori and I work together on this traveling wild animal circus ban in New Jersey. And, um, you know, I have no doubt that she's going to get this across the finish line because she is very, very good at what she does. Well, thank you for that vote of confidence. (laughs) Thank you, Julie. Uh, Hercules, did you have any questions about, about this, um, practice or anything that maybe people should do because I know there's certain committees it's in front of now like she mentioned so maybe we can just highlight for your listeners who they can contact right yes Yes. in the um in the senate um right now it's in senator Sarlo's committee that's the budget and appropriations committee and he's the chair senator Sarlo And then in the assembly, it's in the Agricultural Committee, which is Assemblyman Hotelling's committee. He's the chair of that committee. So if your listeners would, you know, like to reach out to to their assembly person or their senator or these these two um, particular, uh, Senator Solo and Senator Hotelling, to ask them to please post this bill and the um, I'll let you know the uh, bill number in the assembly. It's Bill uh, A thirty two thirty one, and in the Senate it's S nine seven five, and it's referred to as the trunk fighting bill. So even if the you know because sometimes the numbers will change, um, but they can look it up. Uh, you know, just calling it the trunk fighting bill. And, and I just want to say, I just wanted to add to it a little bit, that um, it doesn't necessarily have to be um, two or more dogs. I mean, they've been known to maybe throw a cat or, you know, another animal in there, um, you know, just to see how long it takes them to kill them. And, you know, this is like a badge of honor um, where their dog is the toughest dog and my dog survived and throw another one in there. I bet he can kill him too. So, um, you know, this is something in society that's, that um, you need to address on many levels. Um, but right now we're just trying to uh, address the crime itself and, and, you know, have it carry a weight of a third-degree offense. Uh, 
And and I know that Her- Hercules, you have cats, right? Yeah. Yes, I have dogs and uh, cats. We have uh, two small dogs and we have three uh, cats. Uh, the cats are very old. The uh, dogs are very young. Uh, but that's horrible. They, the, the fact that this is going on in, in car trunks and that it's become uh, mobile. Um, yes. It's horrible that it happens at all. But the, the fact that they changed it to make it easier to do is, is horrible. Yes, exactly. And the whole point is, as I said earlier, is to evade the police. And, you know, there's, they don't have to now try and find a place to do it. You just throw them in the trunk of the car. And, and there are many, um, uh, there's different levels of dog fighting, as I said before. It can be somewhat organized in someone's basement or backyard. They can have specific times or, you know, days of the week that they'll do it. It can be extremely organized, like we saw, again, with Michael Vick, where they have rings and, and they have referees and things like that. Um, but this is just, uh, this, is, this can also be just, through pure boredom and entertainment for the night. You know, uh, young people just, they have nothing better to do on a Friday or Saturday night. Hey, I have my dog. Let's throw him in the trunk with your dog and let's see who comes out winning, you know. Or it can be just they bet on them. You know, they bet money on who's going to win or lose. So uh, it's just, you know, it's just horrible. On any level, it's horrible, but this is making it um, even more difficult to track. Is the, is, is the worst part of it. Does it attract a big crowd? Like how many people, or is this a private uh, type of thing uh, that uh, a handful of people do, or both? It's, it's so hard to say. It can, it can be both. It's very hard to say because, again, this is such an underground type of thing that um and because it is mobile, it's hard to keep track of what's going on. And then, and again, I, I say this repeatedly. I'm so um, pleased that you had me, uh, you know, you took my call tonight regarding this because this brings awareness to uh, people that if you don't know what's going on, you, you, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. But if this, is, um, if this now is out there and people understand and know that it's happening somewhere, you know, maybe they'll raise an eyebrow and say, oh, wow, maybe it's that car and, you know, maybe something's going on. Let me alert an authority you know, a person in authority here and, and see what's going, what's happening. Or they'll hear about it from a neighbor, their son was doing it, or, or you know, their cousin or whatever, and now they say, hey, I'm going to alert the police about this. So awareness is, is very important for this because it is such an underground type of, um, you know, dark alley type of uh, practice that they're, they're doing. Is there a list somewhere of what somebody can look out for? Like you had mentioned a few things, like crowd music and uh, the people congregated around yeah. the back of the but, but is there like a list of, uh, uh, of things that one can do to raise one's awareness so if they spotted it, red mm-hmm. flag, uh, this might yeah, be happening? Yeah, not, not, yeah, not really. Just a few things that you mentioned. Um, loud music, you know, something to deter uh, the sounds so that you don't hear the sound of them fighting in the trunk. They Most of the time they're just driving around doing it because that's the whole point. They don't want to be caught. So if they're on the road, no one can catch them. Um, so it, it is difficult. There's no doubt. But like anything else, you know, you hear of a, a person that heard of a friend that heard of a cousin that, you know, knew somebody that is doing it. 
they might be more apt to report it now because they're aware of it. Also, I know that Hercules likes to um, link to, you know, groups yeah. and art- articles about about what we talk about. So I would just say that I do remember trunk fighting and trunking, you know, was in the papers uh, just, just a few years back in Patterson, which is probably when when Senator Kane first introduced the bill, right? You know, because you had known about he introduced it, before, it right? Laura? Yeah, he he first introduced it in 2014 on the Senate side. On the Assembly side, it was introduced in 2013. It's the same okay. bill, though. Yeah, let me. Yeah. Uh, so, so maybe we can find some. Um, so, so uh, Hercules. I have some articles. I have articles some articles that I can it. send. Yeah, oh, that okay. I can send yeah, to you. He, he's he's, 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 and also, the League of Humane Voters in New Jersey is, you yeah. know, the group that's working on pushing this. If you can send me uh, the, um, the number of the legislation, too, I'll link to that as well. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. And uh, I also just wanted to take this opportunity to talk, to follow up with what Lori said about the penalties, about a lot of times these uh, cruelty crimes, animal cruelty crimes, um, they they really do need strict penalties because what we find is, you know, the penalties are very light for a lot of animal cruelty, which would surprise people. So the, the um, punishment never acts as a deterrent. Um, and, and I think that's also something that, Right, Lori, that we've talked about. Yes, and that's um, that's why they in the bill, this bill um, wants this to be um, a, a crime and with carrying you know a third degree offense, which is the you know a big thing um, because as Julie said and she's right, many uh, you know many crimes against animals are just sometimes just a slap on the wrist, a fine or something like that. And uh, this this really strengthens it, which is a good thing. It's a step in the right direction. And you would think that this bill, as I like to call them, no-brainer bills, this is the type of bill that should be passed without any question. Um, but again, it's been it's been languishing since one is in 2013, and the other is 2014, and now's the time to say enough is enough. We have to put this out there. And, and strengthen these laws for these for animals, for whatever the crime is, and certainly this is a really a horrific crime. I found uh, the American Kennel Club had a page up. Uh, New, Jer- New Jersey support bill to make animal trunk fighting a felony offense, uh, and there's uh, an article there with a link. So I put uh, that link uh, in uh, the description for today's uh, show in that thread. So this way it's there. Just so to out. clarify them, if that was from the past, then the bill number will be different. Just just letting you okay. know. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's, it's bill bill nine seventy five. Yes, that's S nine seventy five. That's the Senate okay. bill. Oh. That's the Senate version. Oh wow! So then, Lori, the AKC put an alert about it. That's mm-hmm. exciting. Oh, and I know that they. I found the bill. I'll put a link to the bill itself now, so this way it's there. Okay, excellent. Thank you. We appreciate that. Thank you very much. 
thank you for raising the awareness. This is a horrible thing. It shouldn't uh, continue. I agree. And I also know that um, one of Hercules' projects is about civic engagement and about, you know, uh, passing laws and voting, right, Hercules? And yeah. I think that it's it's always, um, like on one of his other shows, but I think it's really important for maybe to take this opportunity um, and maybe, Lori, you want to speak to it, just to let listeners know about the the length of time that these that it takes and like the process because we're talking about trying to get this bill heard in committee but it's it's just um you know if it doesn't get done within the two year session then you kind of start all over again. Oh. I just think that that might be interesting for people to hear, you know. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and that's why, you know, when we work on these bills with legislators, um, the process is, is a very long, tiring process. Um, and you want to try and move it, as Julie said, because once the session, two years is up, you have to start all over again. And even if it passed, you know, one committee, then you start all over again introducing the bill, um, another bill number, and, and now you, you know, you, that, uh, committee that it passed in is forgotten about. Now you start all over. And the key is you want to get it moved from, you know, voted out of the committee into the full Senate or the full assembly. And, um, you you know, it's, it's a process. It's a long process because you're not only working with the legislator um, to not only sponsor the bill and then co-sponsor the, you know, you have to get co-sponsors, hopefully, and then you need to get it put into the committee and then get it heard in the committee. Um, and then, you know, because just because it's in that committee doesn't mean they're putting it on the calendar to be heard anytime soon. And that's what you have to push for. Then once it's heard, you have to, you know, lobby the legislators to vote the way you, you know, you want this, you want this bill passed. So you want them to say yes to this bill. So it's, it's a process. It's, it's a long process process that um, it takes time um, it takes you know perseverance you have to just make sure you're calling 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 and and connecting with the right people and eventually you know with a lot of work a lot of hard work and a lot of luck you'll get it heard it'll get passed and and become law are you on Facebook um, I found several people with your name I didn't know who to make a friend request. I am but- I am not. I I okay. I'm not on. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't do Facebook. No, that's okay. Uh, I was just thinking yeah. in terms of contact because what what we can do yeah. is uh, we can uh, put the information about the uh, trunk fighting, a link to today's show, uh, and also a link mm-hmm. to the legislation, and then give people a link that if they live in New Jersey, uh, who the representatives are. And then for more information, uh, to, to contact uh, whoever you and Julie would recommend. Uh, and this way, people who want to get more involved or something more than... So that would be the, the, League of, the League of Humane Voters of New Jersey. Okay. People can even message them through Facebook. But that is a group, the League of Humane Voters of New Jersey, that they should definitely sign up for. That's true. I'm a, I'm a member there. Let me that's, just call it up. Yeah, that's where Lori, Lori is a regional director 
of legislative director for LOHBNJ. Yeah. Right. And if they sign up for that, then they'll get the information as to where their, uh, who their legislator is, who they need to contact, and specifically regarding this bill, which, legis- which legislators to contact. Um, and they'll always get then the follow-up of what's going on with the, um, you know, the different uh, bills and, you know, whatever else, uh, whatever campaign we're working on. So they'll always be, you know, uh, they'll have a follow-up um, of knowing what's happening with these things. So it's a good, uh, you know, it's something that they should sign up for. And there are other League of Humane Voter initiatives going on at this uh, time as well. So I'm trying to think of a a system that we can easily implement where we can draw attention, uh, you know, we can widen the circle of awareness uh, so that, uh, you know, we can get the information out there very quickly and then have a very simple uh, system. It's basically this is the legislation. Here's some information on it. Uh, here's telephone numbers you can call, uh, and here's where you can get more information if you need it. And then just uh, well, make that into a template so that every time we have a show, um, we can keep this uh, alive. By I can repost it like mm-hmm. every week or, or so. Well, that would be great. You're you're so good at the at the promotion and your social media, you know, Hercules, I see you have so many pages you manage. So that really would be great. I know that I've spoken to your audience in the past about the monk parakeet bill, where we want to delist the birds from being an, an invasive species. And, you know, that's another one of the LOHVNJs, you know, target bills, um, so, right, I mean, any time we can just keep reminding people that they should keep the pressure on the legislators, that would be really helpful. Okay, I'll put together something together. Absolutely. I'll definitely uh, email it to you by, uh, by Sunday, uh, and then if that's okay with you, I'll just keep doing it. There we go. So, um, I, I didn't uh, – I – I'm very grateful that Lori is joining us. I didn't know if, um, you know, how much time she has or, but if, um, you know, because the topic of the show is definitely animal protection. I was going to just let everyone know about upcoming anti-fur events and some anti-fur news. But um, Lori, while we have you, was there any other animal protection agenda item that you wanted to discuss or anything that is a um a focus with L O H V N J. Um I don't I mean that we do have a number of things in the works but I don't I don't think at this time I um would discuss them. I know okay. that we're part of the of the bear uh the coalition against the bear hunt and mm-hmm. um you know, that's definitely, uh, you know, that would be, you know, something I want to make sure everyone in the audience knows that we always are working as, you know, hard as we can along with other groups to, you know, we're part of a coalition to end the bear hunt. And, um, 
you know, unfortunately, December, we have the second, uh, you know, part of this hunting season that's scheduled. And we want to make sure that, you know, Governor Murphy stops that. Um, but, you know, we are trying hard on it and uh, trying to reach, you know, him to explain that the governor does have the power to stop it. Uh, so please, for your audience, keep, you know, calling the governor's office and, and emailing and say we want to end the New Jersey black bear hunt. So I always want to, you know, please spread the word about that, Hercules. It's a trophy hunt. It's cruel. Mm-hmm. It's inhumane. And uh, there's there's no excuse for a bear hunt. Yeah, and, and I just wanted to add one thing. Um, with joining LOHV, uh, we do send out alerts um, letting people know what campaigns we're working on and, and, again, who they should call and, you know, where we're having um, – uh, demonstrations and you know if they can call the governor and what's going on with the uh, the bear hunt and and so on so this is a very good thing if you join it again you'll be um, be up to date on what what's going on with the animal issues in New Jersey how was that notice uh, sent out is it sent out by uh, email yes uh, um, we, yes we send the alerts out by email Okay. And um, then sometimes on their page, what they send in an email will also be on the Facebook page. You know, I, I think what no, I'm going to do because uh, emails, I get a phenomenal number. And uh, even though I skim through the titles, if it doesn't immediately catch my eyes, it's sometimes I sometimes miss it. So I apologize for that. So I think if I just made it part of my routine, uh, that once a week I check the Facebook page. This way I'll keep on top of it. And I'll, I'll use my search engine uh, just to double make sure that I'm on the list. And if I'm not, I'll let you know. And also if I could promote, of course, the not legislative uh, end of things, which is, you know, just the overall charity uh, that we belong to is called the Animal Protection League of New Jersey, APLNJ, and they uh, are very, very active, uh, you know, a great group for any New Jersey listeners, and that's one where if you put that in your routine to check, that'd be great. Okay. You know, they'll do campaigns about saving some geese. Um, I know that this last uh week you would have gotten an email from them if you remember talking about uh, a protest tomorrow in Princeton against the bear hunt. Uh, so they are active and they have a lot of information. It's a great page, the Animal Protection League of New Jersey. So be a member there too, please. It, it is an awesome uh, page. I remember when uh, uh, back when I was working on the website before I got on uh, social media, um, we had a lot of connections to the different programs uh, that are uh, part of the Animal Protection League of New Jersey and the uh, voters of New Jersey. Uh, so there's always something uh, going on, I remember. Absolutely. And um I wanted to actually take this opportunity to um, just pivot to talking about, you know, wild animal issue. We talked about bear hunting, 
But I did want to talk about fur. You know, I am the director of Caring Activists Against Fur, uh, which uh, works in tandem with Animal Protection League in New Jersey, you know, as well as LOHV NJ. And um, we have a fur protest coming up next Saturday. That would be the 21st at 1 o'clock in Paramus. Uh, in front of Stephen Cornfurs, and that is on Route 17 in Paramus. So for any of your fr- your uh, listeners who live in the near vicinity, we'd love to have them. you got to wear your mask, <laughs> and you, yeah. it'll be a so- socially distanced uh, fur protest, but it can be done. Um, we actually... Laurie and Julie, and you have one. signs? You have signs yes. for people there? I I have signs. And and Lori and I both had gone to an anti-bear hunt protest just a few weeks back. And it is possible to protest safely, you know, in COVID because you can, you know, it's outdoors, obviously. I'll have all the signs and, uh, you know, just bring a mask. Um, what I did want to point out is that this time with the pandemic, I wanted to bring some attention to some of these, what I'll call, for lack of a better phrase, wildlife crimes, which is basically um, the pandemic can jump species. And Mm. um, what's happening in the fur industry is that uh, you might have heard, maybe not, but I'll let you know. Sad to say, yes. Yes. Okay. So Denmark, I'm just going to, pull this up so I can tell you um, look it might be a harbinger for things to come with ending the fur industry because basically in Denmark they have a 17 million mink that are on fur farms and that the Danish prime minister had said that those 17 million mink would be killed because the virus that causes COVID-19 had moved from humans to minks and back to humans. And that basically they're saying that it's mutated, which raises the risk of a new strain circulating among us that our vaccines would be ineffective against. And, uh, you know, we don't, they don't know that for sure, but they're basically, that's the concern. Um, so the, the fur industry, which, you know, I've been fighting for decades, it's becoming relevant again in the sense of it's now a COVID issue, which, you know, you can find plenty of articles about Corona. I mean, COVID-19 being found on these fur farms. And guess what? We have fur farms in the United States and it's time to outlaw this ridiculous practice of killing animals for their fur. So the that pro- so the pro- protest you. next week is the, the protest next week is highly important, and we have to keep driving home. You know, abusing animals causes pandemics. Sorry, so go ahead. I cut you off. <laughs> no, that's all. That that is awesome, and uh, that people should know about. And this is the right time for them to know it because we find ourselves uh, 
uh, in the middle of this pandemic. Exactly. And with minks transmitting, transmitting the COVID-19 to humans, now that idea of a mutated strain is very important when we discuss, you know, the possibility of vaccination. So, you know, it's never been more timely to fight the fur industry. And my group is Caring Activists Against Fur, and we have a Facebook page people can join. I posted your website. Let me go to your Facebook uh, page as, as well. Okay. Did you have any um, specific questions about that issue? Because I, uh, I have a few other things, but I wanted to make sure that I brought up the, the idea about fur. And then, um, oh, just while we're talking, Born Free, which is a, an animal protection group, they were... Uh, they have a petition going around regarding ending fur farming uh, because it's it's something that if we have on our shores, we're going to be in some real trouble. You know, it's uh, called Born Free USA is the group, and they have a petition calling on you know state governments to take urgent action to address the outbreaks. You know, and when we're talking about the bear hunt, for example, in New Jersey, Governor Murphy stopped all sorts of actions in New Jersey with executive orders, but yet he would let out-of-state hunters come in to kill bears. So, you know, we, we need to think this stuff through. When you go and violate the natural world in the way that we do, there are prices to pay. There's a price to pay. And, um, you know, that's what's at stake here. A lot of dangerous behavior, all for greed. And it's, uh, it's not something that, that, well, I think we're getting a message loud and clear from Mother Nature that it, we've got to stop. I always want to remind sinners that the cause of this was, you know, our very, very um, terrible behavior in in uh, a wet market in China uh-huh. where this originated from because the animal agriculture industry is something that is not able to be sustained. It is a hotbed of pandemics, and, you know, the animals that are killed from meat are very stressed. Uh, there, there are all sorts of species were next to each other, and then they pass the disease just like we talked about with the fur farming about how they pass the disease back to humans. Well, that's what was happening with the, you know, pangolin and the bat to the pangolin to the human who consumes the pangolin, which is the animal, you know, that was in the wet market in China. Yeah. So, again, that the, the natural world is telling us something so it's time we listen it's well past time there's no way that they could uh, save the um, mink in any way because uh, I'm, I'm looking up I'm trying to keep up with all you're saying and looking up information uh, to post and 
So, so what happened in De- in Denmark was that first the prime minister there said uh, to kill the mink, and then there was a lot of backlash against that. Yeah. And uh, now he's saying uh, he would suggest it's a suggestion thing, though, isn't it? Because the the mink were destined to be killed anyway for yeah. for fur, you know. <laughs> but but then if you if you murder these animals. Are you replacing them with with future ones? You know, other right. other animals. So right. So yeah, you're you're finding the correct articles. Like I say, Born Free USA has a petition because we have fur farms in our country as well. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that because uh, as you're talking about this, I'm looking um, at this. In the U.S., we have uh, the mink farms in Utah, Wisconsin, and Michigan. And they say over 10,000 mink uh, died because of the COVID-19 outbreak that was passed from humans to the mink. So this is, as you said, I mean, it's, it's Mother Nature. We, we have to stop with this, with these, uh, you know, farming these animals. It's unbelievable. As I read it, I just can't get over all of these animals no, I'm, that were very, that died from this. I'm very glad to bring it up because, you know, it, even for people like us who really know the issue, it's like we you, you still get surprised at you know how much deeper it goes, um, and uh, it you know when we talk about um, the fur industry, you can talk with the the you know, at first glance, it's about, okay, it's greed and status. But then when you dig a little deeper and it actually becomes, you know, oh, my God, this can cause a, a public health crisis in addition mm-hmm. to being a crime against, you know, animals. It just shows that we're so interrelated, the non-human the non human animal world as well as the human animal world because I like to remember we are animals too <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. You know. yeah so Utah and uh, it was Utah, U- Utah Wisconsin and Michigan but in Utah go. specifically in Utah and um, Wisconsin 10,000 of the uh, minks contracted the coronavirus and died from it now, I also heard, but I can't find anything in uh, any written material on it. I did hear at one point they were killing the mink um, to prevent any additional spread. So I don't yeah. know. I don't yeah. know about that for and, sure. In the U.S. Co- I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Well, because like, I know that COVID has um, definitely impacted the European uh, fur market because I do know yes. that they were. Um, killing them there. Let me try and find that too while we're while we're I talking was, I about I was looking it. for that, but I I thought I did hear that that in one of uh, one of the states in the United States was um, they were killing the mink because of the outbreak. I just couldn't yeah. to find it. And um, they so just so everybody knows. Um, you know, it's the, the the ones we were just talking about that got in the news were the Danish uh, ones, and then it, it, but then Greece 
uh, also found COVID-19 among its uh, mink farms. So um, it's also a time for everyone to remember that when we're out there and, and in my mind, beating the fur industry because we have more and more stores that are not selling fur and, you know, behemoths like Macy's and just a couple of weeks ago, Nordstrom not only announced that they were going to go fur free, uh, but they also were not going to um, sell uh, exotic animal skins like reptile wow. skins, which is even a step further, which is such a, such a great move. Um, while we are doing all this amazing outreach that's resulting in all these great, great strides, I always like to remind people just how big that industry is. You know, you're talking Denmark and Greece and now these states in America. This is such a large to topple. So, you know, just always, you know, I, I always bring these messages about fortitude and focus and strength when you're taking on these fights because it's definitely got to be in it for the long haul. Yeah, it took you decades uh, to get to where you are, and that was a lot of uh, of focus and uh, hard work. And and since I do have Lori uh, on with me, I you know I, I want to take this opportunity so, so you know definitely send people our way. I hope people can join us at a protest. I will have signs, but I want to take this opportunity just to to educate the listeners. And and Lori, feel free to jump in. Before we got the ban on wild animal circuses, traveling wild animal circuses in New Jersey, it did take years, and it started in local municipalities where we were successful in getting the first ban in um, in Bergen County, New Jersey, on our parkland, and then Jersey City became the first major city in New Jersey to ban, uh, you know, the traveling wild animal circuses. And, and it was like, you know, then Passaic County, then Clifton. And, and we were just plugging away, Lori and I, until it gained enough steam and got um, traction to become a state bill. So, I, you know, maybe, Laura, if you want to speak to that. But, yes, the uh, amount of time. And that was another expensive and difficult industry to topple, right? Yeah. Who thought in, in our lifetime we would see Ringling Brothers and Barnum & Bailey go out of business, right? That's um, right. something I never thought we'd see. So that's wonderful. But um, as Julie was saying, it's, it, it was another huge undertaking, but it's, it was all grassroots. It was a, a small protest here for a local traveling circus, a small protest there. And then we had protests in front of the, um, you know, where Ringling Brothers was, uh, you know, where, where they were having their show. And then, of course, going to the um, – uh, the municipalities and going to the different uh, cities and towns and, and speaking to the legislators and uh, just letting them know. You know, I think a big part of um, what we do is just educating the public on how cruel the um, animal world really can be, humans against animals, the cruelty uh, when we would protest, you'd hear so many people say, oh, they would bring their children. Oh, the, the, the animals look well cared for. 
Well, what they weren't seeing was underneath those beautiful, uh, if you want to call them beautiful for lack of some better description, these big coverings that they would put over the elephants with all these beads on them, and they would look so, uh, you know, elegant as they're walking, uh, you know, uh, in the ring. What they didn't see under these uh, big coverings were the holes that were made by these bull hooks that mm. were uh, thrust into the elephants and the bruising, and the, uh, uh, they would use electric prods on them so they would have burn marks. And you didn't, the public didn't see that. And, and that, that's, you know, a big battle is to educate the public. And why I think once the public is educated on what's going on and the cruelties against animals, whether it be the circuses, whether it be the fur industry, um, you know, or the trunk fighting, whatever it is, I think once the, the, the education is there and, and people understand it and see what's really going on behind the scenes, that's what makes the difference. That's that's what makes change. Wow! Yeah, you're very very right. And uh, anything we could do to increase awareness and focus attention uh, would be uh, great. Um, as you were talking, I was thinking um, I'm working on my schedule uh, for the podcast. So if you ever if something comes up that needs immediate attention. Um, as long as I know about it, I could schedule like a special show as well as the regularly scheduled show. So we can work that out. Not right. You know, we don't have to work it out right now, but that's something if you're interested in it, we can discuss it because uh, uh, so much is happening. Uh, and even if I post things more uh, regularly on a schedule on uh, Facebook, um, it, still anything we could do to raise attention would be great. Thank you so Agreed. much. And, um, you know, you. I did just, I, I know that it, we've spoken in the past about my work in what's called humane education, which mm-hmm. is starting uh, the children young and learning about kindness to animals. And one week ago today, I was speaking at the New Jersey Teachers Convention. Uh, and it was a virtual convention this year. And 180 teachers signed up and listened to my talk and, you know, right. contacted me after for all the resources to, of what to bring into the classroom. So it, you can see there's a major need, a major desire for, you know, reaching children because children are so interested in animals. And I did speak a lot about animal cruelty and how you definitely want to notice you know, if any child is not kind to animals, then that the FBI even recognizes is a very dangerous thing that they actually study um, because, you know, it's a terrible first sign about bad things to come, you know. And yeah. uh, so, you know, so so going back to the very first topic we talked about, which was the trunk fighting, um, you know, cruelty to animals it is um, something that is a sign of, you know, of something very broken in an individual or those or, or like a segment of society. So it has to be addressed, and people recognize the importance of dealing with that at a young age. And also, children love animals naturally, so that's the good thing, um, you know. And and then it becomes, you know. It, 
animal protection is a bipartisan issue. Uh, people love animals. Right. The problem is um, the policies of parties have to really be studied. And as we saw, you know, in this election, uh, do blame the media for not really um, bringing attention to very pressing issues in our world, such as, you know, animal protection and climate justice. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's almost like uh, they, they say the same two or three stories all day long on these 24-hour news channels, and, <laughs> and they don't really talk about all the things that are going on and how unhealthy the planet is right now. And um, so I guess what I was trying to say is that we need people to be very educated if they care about any of these issues. Be very educated in how you vote and who you vote for. It doesn't mean that people in different political parties don't love animals. You do have to look at the platforms of the parties and you do have to look at the actions of of the politicians. Who is fighting for the things that you care about? And for, for us, it's animal protection. And you know, talk is very cheap. Who is going to put the health of these animals and this planet as the top of their agenda? And that's what people should remember. That is a great uh, point. And uh, I am creating a uh, voting show because uh, I, I swore uh, because of all that's happening during this election that I wouldn't uh, wait until there is an election before I got engaged in the elections like I usually do. Uh, so I created a, a Facebook community where I can post information. But right now, there's so many sites giving you that information that <laughs> that kind of got uh, deflated a little bit. Um, but uh, I'm having on, like, for instance, by this month, Sue Davies of New Jersey Independent Voters uh, to talk about the importance of, uh, um, you know, becoming aware of uh, political parties and what people vote for. And I would love to, on one of those episodes, uh, have uh, one or both of you on to talk about what you just mentioned now, uh, in addition to reinforcing the message on uh, this show. Uh, you know, what do you look for? How do you know what your representative uh, stands for? What have they done in the past? Because sometimes people don't do what they say. Uh, so that would be an excellent episode. And uh, that's something we could have a continuous link to. Uh, so that if people want to, you know, uh, be informed about it, they can be informed about it. Well, actually, I'll do you one better. You know, Lori and LOHV worked on uh, a, a candidate endorsement page uh, shortly before the election that helped our, you know, with our statewide election and and uh, whatnot. And. I, that is the other benefit of signing up for a League of Humane Voters in New Jersey is you will get the endorsement email about, you know, we look at the records, right, Lori? That's what you had done. Yes, yes. we look at the past records of um, how, how each legislator voted, uh, what they voted for, what they voted against, uh, and then we weigh that, you know, we uh, weigh that and see who's up for election and, you know, who has the best record, whether or not we're endorsing them, whether or not we just put out their record and you make your own decision, you know. So that, as, I, as Julie said, that is the benefit of uh, joining LOHV. You'll have all of this information ready for you. 
to make a decision, an informed decision. Okay, you you did me more than one better. You did me ten better. That is an awesome resource. So we have <laughs> and we're down to our last five minutes. Um, I I created links on Facebook uh, on uh, the description for the show uh, to all the organizations that you brought up. So five more minutes. So let's list them again for people who aren't on Facebook. Oh, I, can I just add one more thing very quickly? Sure. Um, do we have a moment? Uh, I'll make yeah. it very brief. Uh, it's regarding um, deer hunting. And, uh, and this goes back to education and bringing people up with the times, you know, bringing, bringing them into, you know, in the 21st century here. Um, it's always been the mindset that there's too many deer and, oh, we have to kill them. Well, there are so many other options now. There are non-lethal viable options that we can look at rather than killing the deer, which doesn't work to begin with. We've been killing deer since the beginning of time and saying, oh, we have to kill the deer to keep the population down. Well, if killing the deer kept the population down, you do it, uh, you know, once and that would be the end of it. Clearly that does not work. Clearly right. that is not the answer. And if we educate people and, and, and inform them about the other viable options, the non-lethal options that are out there, sterilization is one um, option that is really being looked at and is um, being really looked upon favorably for highly uh, uh, dense, uh, very dense areas of, you know, people uh, where you can't, you wouldn't do hunting anyway. Um, of certainly, we're against it. But even a hunter wouldn't be able to go into uh, a highly populated area of people. So, sterilization would be a viable option, and and that's expanding now to even areas where um, they it, there's less people where they would be able to hunt. But the sterilization is expanding into those areas as well because the public is leaning more now. They want non-lethal answers. They do not want killing of uh, right. this year. That's, I just wanted to add I, that very quickly. Sorry. And actually, just to completely back her up, Watchung, New Jersey, had a number of years of deer hunting, and finally uh, that council has voted against it uh, because of the public pressure. People do not want deer hunting in their community. That was just the latest watch on New Jersey. And on that, too, they... on that note, uh, which is a positive thing, we need to uh, start wrapping up the show. They're going to cut us off in less than Thank you so very much, Julie. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lori. Uh, this was a very informative and fact and practical episode and I look forward to our next conversation together. Thank you, thank so, you much. so much for having me. Good night now. And thanks, good night and thanks to everybody who joined us from home, whether you're listening live or later on on demand. Until next time, this is all of us wishing all of you compassion. Be well. This is Hercules Invictus. Have a wonderful evening. You too. Thank you.